Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we get started, make sure you've watched every episode in season four before you start listening to these podcasts if you want to avoid spoilers. We do talk about other episodes even within a podcast about one particular episode there are lots of connections and and things to Mm. talk about so please make sure you are happy to hear some spoilers or at least you've watched all the other episodes recalibrating 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 hello and welcome to black mirror cracked i'm sachandrika and today we've got a special guest from hang the dj with us. So let's let her introduce herself. Hi Suki, the system makes no moral judgments. We have found your ultimate compatible other. So you have Gina Bramhill who plays the voice of Coach from Hang the DJ in season four of Black Mirror. Hang the DJ was a lot of people's favourite episodes and it's certainly my favourite from season four. Um, So Gina, you're a Black Mirror fan, what was it like to get that script? Uh, I am a fan and it was really exciting um yeah it just sort of came out of nowhere very late in the day I think they'd all wrapped well I know they'd all wrapped on the on the picture so it was in post-production and um yeah I had the well I didn't actually have the full script so I had the script up until they go up the ladder at the end so I didn't actually know whether it was going to turn out to be one of those Black Mirror episodes where everything goes to shit or it was going to be something really sweet, which it ended up being, which I was really happy about. So it does feel when they go up the ladder, it felt like the Truman Show to me. Oh, yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah, it very strongly reminded me. And I thought, oh, God, what's going to happen? And then and then also the good place when they leave the good place. Yes, and it all goes completely pixelated. Yeah, and... It's it's kind of magic, but magic is explained by technology in Black Mirror, I suppose. And um and with the phrase you always say, everything happens for a reason, which can seem a bit unfeeling, perhaps. Um, it actually is true. <laughs> I know. Well that's nice, isn't it? Because it could be a sin- for a sinister reason it happens, but it's actually for is actually to help people find their their person, their ultimate compatible other. Um which works as co- the coach keeps saying in ninety nine point eight percent of cases, which we see then with all the the couples that have made it, um, the like simulation cookie people at the end. But uh, there's two percent that obviously didn't. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what happens in those two percent. Point two percent, isn't it? My math is yeah. terrible. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so I think obviously Frank. Frank is for me the the slightly weaker link. No, not because he's the man, but he's the one who gives in and says, "I want to know how long this is going to last because it's so precious to me." And that that word recalibrating. Mm. Oh, what was it like to film the recalibrating bit? Because that is heartbreaking, or to, to be recorded. Yeah. So obviously, I was working with a finished picture, um, and so I was watching Joe Cole doing his amazing performance up on screen, and then 
fitting in the dialogue around what he discovered on set. Um, so yeah, it's completely heartbreaking, isn't it? And that is very cold. Recalibrating is particularly cold. Um, but what we what we then find out is maybe it was coach and the system putting them under the necessary duress to, you know, find the strength to run away and and actually be together. And that's what it takes to have a long lasting relationship. I don't really know. It's a bit, um, it was cruel to be kind. You find out right at the end, it was testing him to see, because it's the, uh, Amy is using the app. So it's testing if he's the right guy for Amy. It's from her perspective, I suppose, overall. Just say that again. So it's the right guy for Amy. Yeah. Yeah. Because we see when we come out the phone, um, it's Amy using the app and she, she hasn't met him yet. She's about to meet him. Yeah, no, I hadn't even thought about it like that. Hmm. But I guess every, they're all on the same journey, aren't they? So he must be, he must be on an app. Yes. By the app, presumably. So, so there would be his cipher or cookie or whatever we want to call it, going through the same process in order to find Amy. But yeah. Amy's on the app at the the end just because she's on it <laughs> I don't know yeah the mechanics of it are a little bit interesting is mm. is it an injection of your consciousness into the phone or is it more like the mm. DNA that's picked up for the lollipop in USS Callister mm. how much of you goes in because it, it knows how they'd react well I think but it doesn't seem as like far into the, the near future as those other episodes does it because when mm. they in a way, because when they go to the present moment as we see it, I think, I mean, to me, it's like almost, because it's the Smiths playing as well, it's like a little bit dated in 80s. I mean, I love, I'm a massive Smiths fan, so that's got nothing to do with it, but it seems like now or near, very close to now or even in the past a little bit. I don't, do you know what I mean? Because she's got like an ear, I don't know, in all those other episodes, everyone's quite... um like utilitarian or something and the all the surfaces are very chic and future like a little bit futuristic but there you're in a pub um yeah if it's like camden today or tomorrow it feels now doesn't it yeah then maybe they i mean maybe they're saying they already have this technology to do that well maybe maybe you answer a load of questionnaires it's a bit like something like match.com but it's so detailed it no it really it can make up a, a version of you because I think making it algorithm personified as two people is such a great idea. It's yeah, it's definitely. a good way to explain how it works. It'd be a great advert in a way. Um, so yeah, the mechanics how they get in there is well, an interesting one to also, think about. Like dating apps for you know elites and things like this, where I think you have to put in the amount of money you're earning and like you'll have like a health check and you know mad things like that that's already happening so I think that's what Charlie Brooke is doing isn't he he's like playing on this is really close kind of like all this data the data that we offer up could create a cipher of ourselves like a clone of ourselves somewhere else <laughs> I guess yeah I guess it's using our identities in a way it's, it's not thieving the identity because it's been given yeah. over but in, in terms of Charlie Brooker did you have much interaction with him and Annabelle Jones or was it quite separate your your bit coming in with the voice um so I had some information they were looking for somebody who um 
could do a like a, a nice uh, more like a northern accent or I think they were thinking about a Scottish accent or something like this or Irish just something not quite you know very southern or, or posh um that's the information I had from him and then I kept getting emails saying can you re-record this line or that line and yeah so I so I offered a so I, I did a, a tape um for them which was really fun because I do, I do more screen acting so to just do voices was really liberating and very fun. And I think a lot of actors really enjoy doing it. Um, so I was like trying to find this voice and kind of looked at like um, Alexa and Siri, uh, which I'd never done before. So I was like suddenly discovered Siri on my phone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I just didn't even think about using it, but now I use it all the time. Um, mm. yeah so like I kept asking Siri lots of random questions and getting her response and then um, I also watched uh, like we watched a bit of um, 2001 Space Odyssey with um, uh, Hal that yeah. is there um, which is quite fun and uh, my favorite one of my favorite pieces of voice acting is from her I really like the story that it wasn't Scarlet. I think you say Johansson, don't you? I can't. I'm not sure. <laughs> I always said Johansson, but I think it's Johansson. Anyway, um, it wasn't her in the first place. It was Samantha Morton, um, which would have completely changed the whole tone of the film, I think. So it's yeah. nice to, to think about voice acting and how powerful that can be and how it can change a tone in an atmosphere and, um, you know, how to fit in a performance against something that's already that already exists. So I had a lot of fun doing that. It, it is. It's, it's quite powerful in lots of ways. And so you mentioned that you were asked for line re-recording. So you'd get an email from, from Charlie Brooker or from, is this someone else who sort of would... So it would be like, Charlie says, can you do this? And Charlie says, can you do that? And I'd be like, okay. Um, but on the day I had the lovely and wonderful um, Tim Van, Pat- Van Patten, um, direct- who's the director in the room, and he... I don't, I don't know if you know, but he directed a lot of The Sopranos and Deadwood and is just an absolute legend. So he was there giving me lots of direction and guidance, which is um, a massive luxury, really. It's it's a great thing to have, like like having producer Dan in the room, as I did earlier. So you met him over Skype. And it's it's just nice to have that reinforcement that this is the right thing. And yeah. um, getting, getting the line, like getting feedback on your lines is... Is great from Charlie Brooker, the fact that he's putting that much kind of detailed attention into it. I mean, I think he would say himself he's a complete control freak in the best best way, you know, and this is his script, it's his show, it's his reputation, and he obviously massively is invested and believes in it. So, yeah, I don't think he lets anything slip through the net. Your voice is important. It's a central... It's, it's the voice of the system, which we, we have to try and work out what that is all the way through the show and um as well and you're reacting to people who've already said their lines too how what was that like um I find it really fun I think I've got a little bit of a I don't know um mathematical or rhythmic sort of brain so I kind of liked that I was given these parameters and I had to work within them I liked um Mm. there's a there's a part where Frank is like going up a hill and he's like doing loads of breathing and I had to like figure out how to fit these lines into him, you know, exerting all this energy going up this hill. 
and that was really fun and the director and producer in the room were trying to they were like just you have you can't breathe you have to do it all in one breath like coach does not exhale <laughs> like okay <laughs> coach does not exhale can i say producer dan has has mentioned you can sometimes hear me take a quick breath because i'm a very fast speaker producers do not like breathing have, no, have we noticed you're like okay well i do have to breathe like i am a, i am a human being um but yeah they were like try try these three sentences in one breath and i was like um okay so i was like using all my like um drama school voice training and <laughs> trying to do that um yeah and it's all mic you know it's a big microphone as well too as you know doing your podcast you like yeah, you can't do little, you know, make the, the mic pop and things like that as well. I'm I'm learning, actually, yeah. which is why it's great to speak to you. I might need to ask you for more advice. I love what you mentioned about Joe Cole's character, Frank, being out of breath a lot. Because you mentioned they're always running up hills and swimming. and they're Running up hills. I know. They're very fit, those cookies, or whatever they are. Um. <laughs> they keep them going. I wonder if there's something in that. Because, you know, I imagine... you more sitting at home in pajamas which says a lot about my life um it's so that they don't realize they're alone I don't know I don't or yeah because they obviously I guess they have signed up for some kind of retreat dating retreat I don't know and they've sort of signed their whole lives away haven't they and gone into this uh you know walled area um so maybe their part of the retreat is to keep them fit as well for their potential perfect match I have no idea <laughs> I quite like it they're all quite good looking people actually in the whole show even the, the yeah. really mean girlfriend that Frank has to deal with who hates him immediately is you know they're all gorgeous people so yeah. this is possible I guess they have like you know they they will have some kind of Although, you know, you see that in that, um, I find it quite like a, a depressingly terrifying montage where Amy is just like on the bed and there's just like a merry-go-round of people. Um, and they're all very different, aren't they? And she's a, a woman there as well, uh, which I quite like. But I guess because they're attractive, they, they're, they find other attractive people attractive. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I guess when she has those 36 hour flings it becomes when someone's tindered too much that that kind of slightly um I guess can't stop the cycle because then your the self-confidence that has relied on getting the attention might go down I, I think it's a tricky wheel to like a hamster wheel that's I've heard about from some of my friends I've not quite been sucked into that vortex before but I mean I don't need to worry because my coach said my pairing day is imminent <laughs> I don't know if you heard about that. (laughs) That sounds terrifying. It's imminent, like a meteor. Um, (laughs) I I was just wondering as well, um, with They're Never Alone and actually with Alexa, with those kind of home Mm. kind of voice activation units, which are becoming more and more popular because you now see um, other news organisations are looking at um, getting news bulletins out through them, making it another kind of radio, but one you can speak back to, which is kind of the next stage of evolution for radio, right? Mm. And, um, you know, you're never alone with Alexa or a Siri. There's actually a voice there. I don't know. I think I'd feel more alone if I was just talking to one of those things. Having a conversation. (laughs) I was wondering if you'd be available, actually, to train producer Dan's Alexa, because it 
it gives him like the wrong weather forecasts and he goes out without an umbrella and it's you know it's basically flooding well, and I don't want to lose him evil Alexa <laughs> well yeah so evil Alexa that might he might have bought the wrong one by accident <laughs> or um, put the wrong um, setting on it'd be like bad Janet from uh, the good place I love bad Janet you too how much do you love her <laughs> I would only hang out with bad Janet. Would you hang out with good Janet? I would hang out with, I just love Janet so much, but yeah. I'd have both Janets. I liked it when good Janet was giving out the cacti instead of whatever she's meant to give oh, out. Oh, that's great. She's been recalibrated too many times. Let's use recalibrate again. Um, yeah, I love that show. I think it's absolutely brilliant and, and quite, I guess, quite similar thematically. It's got the rebooting, you're right, the recalibrating. And, and that they have soulmates as well when they get there. It, Yeah, it's it's this idealised... Oh, God, yeah, it's very, very similar. I guess that's just what we're all thinking about at the moment. It's a, There's a level of escapism in a lot of the best TV at the moment. And, and Black Mirror has been talked about as being more hopeful these days. And, and maybe it's because the news that comes out of your Alexa is... Uh, bit much to deal with <laughs> is that, is that what, charlie also says he's feeling quite depressed by the news today so can you do an upbeat coach yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i think we all there's something about like renouncing control isn't there so you know, they they say in hang the dj oh, can you imagine what it was like before the system so obviously there's some kind of chaos in in being in control of your own destiny and and people can't do it. It's just too terrifying. So they submit to these programs to find the the person or to I don't know to 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 escape in like USS Callister. I guess it's all so terrifying. People just being hooked up to those extreme virtual reality games as well. I guess something about you know us all just wanting to escape the the terrible reality <laughs> although i don't see it that way but you know that the news is re- very bleak um yeah and and i do think with with things like twitter with technological advancement in digital journalism it's constant the news as well it's not a case of picking up the paper in the morning listening to maybe a 10 a.m bulletin and then kind of getting on with your day it's you you can flick to a twitter tab your phone goes off and it's it's constant so it's understandable why you might have it's kind of ideal worlds off to the side. People go for like, um, you know, technology retreats, don't they? Or mm. I've got an app on my phone called Freedom. So I won't, you know, so I'll get on with stuff and won't check things because I have no willpower. And <laughs> I think half the world doesn't anymore. So it stops you, or it stops your notifications, does it, Freedom? It stops everything. You can't, you can't go on anything. Mm. You, can, you can choose. So you could still have, if you're desperate, you know, still have WhatsApp or whatever it is. But yeah, you can choose what you want it to shut down for you for however long. So if you've got something like a deadline or whatever, or just something you need to concentrate on for a couple of hours, I sound like I'm selling it to you. <laughs> then you can program it for, for two hours and you won't get interrupted by your phone. I can see Coach saying, you know, <laughs> no, don't use your phone. Actually, they don't have phones in this world so maybe that's why they're kept active because they just need to be doing something maybe that's what we'd all do if we didn't have phones we'd just be running up hills and swimming and, and i mean people do do that <laughs> <laughs> some people do it we can't be made to do that so i i think having coach's voice stops 
stops the audience noticing how without technology and how alone they yeah. are. And yeah. So it's a really vital function your voice kind of provides as well to, to keep our attention to keep our attention on the dialogue between the coach and the person talking. And actually you've mentioned that there were there were different coaches, like more than one in the original Yeah, so script. I completely forgotten, but when I got the original script, there were definitely two coaches. There was a coach for Frank and a coachella for Amy Coachella, which I quite like. Um <laughs> and so I imagine at some point Charlie Brooker was going to have two different voices, like a personalised voice for Frank, a male voice maybe, and a female voice for Amy. And then I think there were like another, there were like other coaches that would go off for other people as well. Um, but it's quite vague to me now. So there was definitely a Coachella, which I quite liked the sound of. I, I think it's really interesting because it adds the even more personalization of this app which knows the person so well and then creates a voice that you'd be comfortable with. But in the end, they went with the voice of the system almost and you have your the one voice. Authoritative voice, I guess. Yeah, it it is actually. I was, I was watching back a few scenes. It's authoritative, but quite kind and warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess they, until Amy figures out that there's some kind of weird glitch or something going on with the you know, when she's skimming the stones and it's always four and she kind of figures out something, something <laughs> up. Um, then the, the, the coach is a kind of companion and they, and I think they, they sort of do have to trust the coach and have signed up to. So they, I don't know. And, and it's a very good, like clever writer's device, isn't it? Gets, gets a lot of exposition out there, which is good. Uh, with noticing that's what's happening. I think also as well that taking an app that you tap and we're all frowning at our iPhones, that's something Charlie Brooker said before, that the world looks like that. Taking taking the tapping out and making it a dialogue or like in 15 Million Merits back in the first season, they, they kind of gesture and move to get the toothpaste and to switch on or not, the screens on or off and, and so on. It makes it dramatic as well. It makes it more theatrical. So it's better for the viewer to watch. It's going to be quite boring to watch someone else watching a phone. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So it's something that is more interactive for the viewer. Yeah. But then also it makes the human being, the commander and the machine the servant it's like you do this on my command and there may but yet the the technology is also powerful so it's kind of setting up a difficult dynamic for the future yeah as well. and I guess because they're they're surrounded by those dudes with tasers oh, yeah. <laughs> like that this little thing in their pocket is is their friend is like what's going on what do I do please tell me because mm. intimidating world when you think about it and they are really isolated and then they're just flung with randoms for however long that last kind of towards the end where frank really can't take it and just has to know how long he has in this precious relationship with amy and then the shopping center and the guys are kind of all there and you think this is this this is like an oppressive state because you, you still think it's kind of real and and for me coach kind of brings both the punishment as well as the companionship. So when Frank says, no, I've got to find out, coach, you tell me. And then it goes five years and the horrible scene of recalibration where your heart just yeah. drops. But it's it's coach kind of 
punishing him as well for the crime of like betraying his promise to Amy. Yeah, and and it's funny that it's not um, it's not it doesn't say ultimate compatible other, does it? It's not like it is five years as well. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought about that. It's quite so. It's a long time. It's a long time, but there's they still they still have to say goodbye after five years and carry on with the system. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> cruel. Actually, you can see why he it drove him a bit mad. Poor Frank, but they they do it in the end. Hooray! It, it's such a happy episode and such a fun one to be part of. I think as well. Um, the the world inside the app. The clothes and things, um, what Amy wears, the little cardigans and the skirts. Reminds me of Nosedive yeah, quite a lot. Yeah, I love Nosedive. I think about Nosedive all the time. Just, um, you know, I saw a girl, a girl the other day in, in, the, in the bathroom and the lady's taking a picture of herself and mm. she just jokingly said, oh, I've just got to keep my followers up. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> the world is so crazy. Um, and that's totally what it is. And I love Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she's incredible in that episode. But then when she when it breaks, she's even more likable. Like when from the truck driver <laughs> onwards, when she kind of rejects it, you like her more because she's real. And there couldn't have been anyone else in that role. No, it's so good. And I think about that episode whenever I'm in an Uber as well. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> because they can rate me and I rate yeah. them. So I mean, I'm I think of myself as a nice person anyway, but I'm really nice to Uber drivers. <laughs> so I'd be really gutted if I got like wind that I only had two stars or something like that. You know, you can check it. Can you? On your, yeah, on your app. Dance. Well, coach does not once, coach does not get rated. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it does not happen for a reason. Um, <laughs> is there another episode you'd have loved to have starred in? Some really great female lead roles, like not in season four, but in the other ones as well. Is there another Black Mirror episode you'd, you'd be I, in? I mean, I absolutely loved. Um, well, this is so made I loved, but this this season I loved USS Callister, and I loved um, Nanette. I think she was called. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that character, because you also get two for the price of one with that role. And <laughs> be very, I just think it would be so fun to be dressed up like that on the, you know, Star Trek rip off set and battle <laughs> monsters. It's got, oh, so good. I loved it. I, I do think that even though you learn that it's a tyrant making them do it, I think it's the actual actors on set, they had they must have had a blast. I'm like, sure you know, did. Yeah. toy guns and 60s go-go boots. It's actually a huge laugh. Yeah, and then just like wham back to earth as well in that kind of oppressive office environment. And I'd, yeah, I just, I thought it was such a good episode. I also, I mean, everybody loves it, but I love San Junipero as well. In terms of San Junipero, could you do you see a relationship between that one and Hang the DJ? And yeah, I guess it. I mean, it's all a yeah. I guess it's a progression from Hang the DJ, isn't it? That the the people inside the app get to live out the romance. Yeah, it's like no matter how technologically advanced the world, emotion is still there, and love is still the most important thing. It's quite a romantic series, actually, Black Mirror really isn't it I mean I think it's disguised (laughs) (laughs) very well but it is like I do think love seems to overcome a lot of things 
looking at 15 million merits and the entire history of you especially that in both of those love goes wrong and it, they're fully heartbreaking that last scenes mm-hmm. with being when he's in this beautiful new apartment and he looks at the the um, origami penguin that Abby gave him and she's kind of symbolized by the penguin and for everything he's got he's lost her and then the entire history of you the guy Liam is awful but then he was right Fionn did cheat on him and the baby might not be his but he ends that show flicking between the memories of the good times which are bathed in like sunshine and and the empty house and you're you're right about these beautiful minimal glass houses that Mm. they often have futuristic houses so I think yeah love and emotion is such a huge part of these episodes and in Hang the DJ the the joy of it is that they they win we we think we hope yeah I think so it does seem more optimistic than usual doesn't it definitely you know no one's ripping out something from the behind their ear or yeah. Um, that's a standard ending of a black mirror like, yeah where are they going to pull it out from next yeah yeah left in in prison and you know oh god the the white christmas one as well that's very bleak uh, and great like, and that's more like technology isn't on your side at all it's actually a tormentor and people are, are trapped in devices for the rest of their lives and I do think Hang the DJ is a, is much more optimistic about a, a good use of this technology so with with the ending of Hang the DJ you didn't have it in the script but did you see it for the first time while you were in a recording studio no 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 I had no idea I saw it with everybody else when it came out on the <laughs> you know in the end of December so it was really fun because I honestly it could have. It really could have gone either way, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it could have gone a number of ways as well. Yeah, they kept you hanging on, didn't they? And given but then how, I- like invested you are as an audience in that full as well. There is a you know an argument that then they're not real and we've all been tricked a little bit. But I think it still works at, to be opt- that it's optimistic, even if that's the case, because those then they are there in that pub listening to the Smiths and they have a wonderfully long lingering look at each other and you're like okay it's gonna be all right it it is I think I think for me that they're making an algorithm easier to understand like how it works by showing us the people and then if it leads to already a sense that I know this person that's often what underlies the feeling when people say I knew I knew immediately about this guy about this girl love at first sight it's it's about a connection that you feel instantly and so that app has helped them have that that's what the long look says to me yeah and that those are the the best moments those are the stories you tell maybe it's less like she's you know testing out every single guy in the pub and it's more like she's seen him and then and then she looks I can't really remember but maybe maybe it's like an app where you go oh I fancy that person is that going to work? They, I mean, they have great chemistry as the leads, so you kind of think. I mean, it's so fun, and it's like, it's like a, a the best parts of a rom com, isn't it? You know, the kind of real connection and banter and laughing and being a bit silly and and just the juxtaposition between them and then the other people that they meet along the way is, is so great. Like, <laughs> I love the guy with the. Ah, <laughs> we have to. Is that was it, Lenny? Hot Lenny, as I like to call Lenny, him. Yeah. 
Oh, hot Lenny. Hot Lenny. So oh. hot. She's so happy when she sees him. She's like, is it him? All right, I'm on this. Yeah, and I like the way she like, consents to everything. Yeah. Really quickly. <laughs> She's like, yep, yeah, on it. <laughs> She was like, "It's done. We're good," and, uh, and then he just ruins it with one sound, and and it's 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 such a perfect thing to pick up on because it's so harmless. It is harmless, and if you really like somebody, it wouldn't bother you, would it? But no, yeah. he's also very presumptuous. That dude, he like jumps in the shower, and he's like, "I think uh, we should just get the sex out the way." <laughs> like, okay, yeah. wow. Um, yeah, not maybe for everybody. No, it's maybe the kind of confidence that works immediately, that's immediately attractive, because it's nice to meet someone who knows what they're doing, but then over time you realise that maybe maybe not that it's not a special connection or you're not that special to no, them. Yeah. I felt like a story that was a, a recognisable story about dating. Definitely. definitely. With those two. And that he's quite into himself, so, Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's such a great episode, and your voice acting is such a key part of it. Um, what what have you got lined up next? Are you doing more voice acting, more screen acting, or what are you up to? Um, I am going to LA very soon, and then New York as well. Um, and trying out for various TV shows, which I can't really mention, but um, yeah, getting along the line for a couple of really nice things that would be on Netflix, actually. Um, but otherwise, there's lots of things. Luck. Thank you. There's lots of things you can watch on. I think on Netflix that I'm in. Um, oh, like, like what? Like Sherlock. Oh, so which episode are you in? So I am in. I'm Toby Jones's daughter. Uh, oh. Yeah, Faith. Um, so that was a really fun one to to shoot and watch. And again, a very secretive uh, set and lots of you know NDAs and things like this which was the same with Black Mirror as well fun, who were, fun to be part of those ones really fun to be on Sherlock who were you working with mo- mostly Toby Jones and it's the early scenes so it's um yeah throughout the episode but Sean Brooks pretends to be me I mean this is a massive spoiler you know fans a fan favorite so that was really nice and this and this one has ended up being like that as well so that's just lucky isn't it really you're doing something right. It, what were what were Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin oh, Freeman like to work with? Were they lovely, absolutely lovely, and very supportive. Um, yeah, wonderful. I've got no no bad words to say about anyone. Have they got the same dynamic off screen, where it's kind of like a bromance, but they're both really annoyed with each other all the time? <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly comment, but I think. Um, <laughs> I was there on a, a really wonderful day, which was uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman and Toby Jones and myself as the principal actors on set. And I think they ju- I think they had a little competition to see who could be the best actor on the planet that day, because honestly, I've never seen anything like it. It was so wonderful. Wow. I can't I'm in the scene, but I'm actually like I, I think you're all just extraordinary and I don't know how you're doing it. <laughs> oh. oh, that's really nice. Oh, it, was, it was lovely to speak to you, Gina, and it's so great to find out more like behind the scenes and and more about who Coach is as well. I'm sure people will be really interested to to find out how who you are and who's behind the voice. Thank you. All right. Bye. 
So that was Gina Bramhill, the voice of Coach from Hang the DJ. It's great speaking to her. So if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please check out all the others and also rate, review, subscribe, click all the stars and let other people know that this is a podcast you enjoy and that you want them to find too. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. Everything happens for a reason.